What's up? This is your girl, T. As a black woman in her 30s, I'm constantly trying to figure out life. But the one time of the week where it all seems to come together is on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, that's right, when I talk with my girls at brunch over a glass of champagne. I created this podcast to bring good vibes and open dialogue about various topics from mental health, relationships, personal development, the workspace, to the bubbly that happened over the weekend. Sundays are a time for celebration, rest, and reflection. So welcome to Champagne Sunday. Grab a glass, pop a bottle, and get ready to pour it up. Champagne Sunday is pleased to provide you with social media content for your personal education and informational purposes. Reliance on any information provided by Champagne Sunday or by any person or professional appearing on this podcast is solely at your own risk. Hey, 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 welcome to Champagne Sunday. It's your girl T and welcome back for another episode. I'm so glad that you're here and so glad that you tuned in to another episode of Champagne Sunday. And I'm honestly glad to be here too. Uh, this episode, I'm kind of excited <laughs> to share, but a little nervous too, because there's a little taboo about what I'm going to talk about. And I've been waiting. I, I've want, been wanting to do this podcast, but been waiting, um, slowly because, um, I wanted to come on with a professional to talk about this, but I think I'm just going to go ahead and share my story because last night, so I am uh, a fan of Snowfall. If you haven't seen it, it's a show on FX. It talks about kind of the crack epidemic in Los Angeles around, I guess it's timed in like 70s, 80s. It's, it's kind of have multiple seasons. So it goes in and out of time periods. Um, but it's a really, really great show. And last night they had a show called Celebration. And the show was pretty much that this infamous, again, if you're not familiar with the show, um, an infamous couple in the show, an aunt and uncle, they got married and they had a wedding. And again, these are drug dealers. Um, <laughs> they're black and, you know, and they, one of the, their, I guess, associates ended up putting, um, LSD in the chocolate fountain and, the strawberries were like passed out to everyone. It was passed out to everyone. And so what happened was most people who ate the strawberries at the wedding end up taking a trip because they had LSD or they had, um, yeah, that's what they had said in the show that it was LSD. And I kind of figured that they were on a trip. Um, and so the main character, Franklin, definitely because he has a lot of demons in his closet he has done a lot of a lot of things and again if you haven't watched the season or the episodes or you have never watched the show I really encourage you to go and tune in and look at it it's a really easy binge I honestly had not been watching this season um and I started watching the season Monday and I'm already caught up and it was like eight, seven episodes. It's a really easy watch, really easy watch. So go and tune in. It's, it's really good. I mean, um, 
it's it's really good and then even um the main character again the actor who plays franklin he was just also talking about how next season is going to be the last season of the series and how he was 23 when they started and now he's he's in his 30s um so that was really um really really you know kind of perspective taking like dang like they really have been doing the show for a long time um but it's it's good it's really good it's a must-see um so I encourage you to try it um and I I actually let me because you know I'm bad with names and this guy the guy who plays Franklin he is very attractive um what is his name I know everybody, somebody is probably screaming it to, <laughs> um, to the, into the, the speaker right now. Like his name is, that a, oh, Damison Idris. I think that's how you say it. Damison Idris. Yes. He is really, 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 really attractive. Um, but anyways, go watch it. Go watch Snowfall. It's really good. Um, but anyways, so this episode again, they had a trip and everyone was, um, on LSD including Franklin. And so usually, you know, I do a bubbly and the bubbly is something that is a positive affirmation or something that can get you through the week. Um, I always say this too, because, you know, we have our bubbly and we have our poured up moments and our bubbly is something like that encourage you or that, you know, can give you kind of the word and then the poured up is like the action, like what you do, like how you, you know, you get the motivation from the bubbly and then you pour it up like by doing or doing an action uh, with the poured up moment. And I actually got to get better of sharing my own poured up moments because I think I've been kind of doing y'all short on those, but I'm going to get better um, with doing that. And so the bubbly for today again we always do the bubbly i'm gonna do something a little different because again snowfall encouraged me to do this episode because i was gonna hold off i really was um so because of snowfall i'm gonna do a quote from snowfall so there was a scene and this is a little spoiler alert spoiler alert if you have not seen snowfall this week if you are avid watcher and you haven't seen this week this is gonna be a little spoiler so If you need time to log off or pause, go ahead and do it now. I'm going to take a sip of my drink. Um, And today I'm drinking red wine. I'm actually not doing champagne. Um, (laughs) I'm drinking red red wine. But it is just as good. Just as good. Okay. So, um, all right. So spoiler is done if you haven't watched it oh well i'm about to go into it so there was a scene where uh franklin his mother again they're both on trips they both had (laughs) the strawberries and are on lsd right now and franklin is like tripping hard and so his mom realized like oh i think mom realized like automatically that she was on lsd and so she's like, again, she's a different generation. So I'm not surprised that she probably was like, oh, I'm on LSD. So she goes to Franklin because Franklin um, is tripping. And I, when I say tripping, not just tripping on a trip, but he's like having a bad trip. <laughs> and so she probably, I guess, knows her son. So she goes to find him. And of course, she finds him and he's just like freaking out. 
And so she's comforting him and he's like, I love you. But then it goes real left because he says something like, what is wrong? What's wrong? And she goes, and then again, this is your true, true responses. She goes, and this is going to be our bubbly for today. Just a quote from the movie. Or if I'm acting like it's a movie, but the quote from the show um, is, I got a son that puts white people before their father and money before God. That's what's wrong. Everything you do, you do for yourself. That's not what your father, father taught you. That's not what your mother taught you. Where does that come from? And so I like that scene because I think it was really the premise of basically what the mom said was really the premise of the rest of the episode or the battle or the, I guess the demons that Franklin was fighting within himself because it was, you put everything, you put yourself, your needs, what you want before everything else. But you say it's for the greater cause, but you say it's for the greater good. You say you're helping out. But in reality, you're only helping yourself. You're only doing things that are very self-serving. Um, and I really, really liked that. Um, I really liked that scene. I really liked that quote. Because I think it really puts things, if you watch the show again, it puts a lot into perspective about the decisions that Franklin has been making. And I think this too kind of ties into what I want to talk about, which is basically my first experience on shrooms or what is also known as the real name is silo, mm, psilocybin. <laughs> I almost said it wrong there. So I want to just share my experience about how I ended up doing shrooms one day and having a similar, well, no, I definitely didn't have a similar experience to um, Franklin and Snowfall, which is also interesting too, just kind of thinking about Snowfall, is that when I um, go back and think about the seasons, I also remember Teddy having um, an experience in the woods when he was in the jungle. He also was given a tea and he was given like LSD to take a trip and to kind of self-reflect. I remember that was kind of the negotiation to be able to be a part of like the village that he had to do it at that time with, I guess, that girl he was with. I can't even remember who that was um, so many seasons ago. But he also, Teddy also had an experience with SLD um, during the um, season or series. So it's interesting that we get to see what Franklin gets to face. Um, so yeah, so one day I was in the kitchen. I wasn't really doing much. I knew it was going to be one of those weekends where I didn't do much of anything. I just kind of chilled out in the house and wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, and my friend texted me and said, and I'm not going to say any names and said, I'm doing, and she just put like the mushroom emoji, um, was seeing if you wanted to take a trip and then the cartwheel emoji. And then I said, El Mayo, what time is this your first time you're going to stay in the house or go out? And she said, I literally just got out from a nap. So I want to shower and then it's whatever. Um, now I've done it before and I want to stay in. It's not kind of thing that you want to be out and do. And so I'm pretty much, I think I was like a little, um, <laughs> like, Ooh, like, I don't know. Um, but I was like, okay, I'm trying to finish up some work stuff. Let me think about it. Uh, 
And then I kind of asked her about her experiences. And I was like, just the thought of it low-key scares me because of everything that I've seen on TV is always to the extreme. Um, And I was like, all right. And so then basically she told me like what she was thinking. She told me um, what she saw and all. And I'm going to get into details of of that. And she kind of, she kind of told me that. So then, you know, me, I like to again, listen to podcasts. And I remember recently listening to a podcast where one of the hosts was like, yeah, I took it. And she said she saw um, Beyonce in a dryer, like spinning in the dryer, right? And was singing. And I thought that was funny. But of course, my friend always like, is very insightful about things. So she was like, she was like, how much do you have to idolize Beyonce for her to come up in your trip? And I was like, what? And she was like, well, how much do you have to idolize somebody like a celebrity for them to actually come up in your trip? And at the time I didn't, I was like, I guess I thought it was just funny. But again, she's very insightful and brings like things into like, think about that. And I was like, hmm, I didn't think about that. Um, So pretty much before I said yes, I was just kind of like doing research and trying to figure out like if this is something I wanted to do. Um, but I definitely was like, yeah, I'll come over and chill and I'll figure out if I want to do it or not. She was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. No pressure. So, um, I, you know, got myself together and I went over to her house. And so again, asking her more questions about her experience and what she's done and how she's done it. But one of the things, again, before I go into kind of like, what she has experienced, I wanted to, I like to look at, again, um, talking about television, I like to look at the show on Netflix called Explain It or Explained. And they had an episode about psychedelics. So I wanted to go on the episode. And I was just like, I wanted to see more about what it means. Like what, what is it? And so in the opening of the show, they really talked about how there's a link between psychedelics and anxiety and the use of the drugs and anxiety. And that pretty much like it was discovered in a lab. And I think the uh, scientist, he accidentally kind of discovered LSD, mixing up chemicals, and he took a a large amount of it, like a, a higher dose that he was supposed to. Um, and from there, they started to kind of experiment like what it could be used for like it was like okay now we have this drug well how can we use it or what it could be used for um and so kind of before I think it could I think for a minute or for some time people were using it and realizing that it was again a drug that could be used to open up your neural pathways to be able to help with anxiety to help to um alleviate fears to help you confront yourself because apparently and again I don't want to um say this wrong I think yeah so it's like the disillusion of the self and of the ego so you're able to kind of merge with this larger interconnectedness when you um, basically are on LSD because of what it does to the brain. But of course, like all things, especially like when we think about like America and how things are set up, that over time it became to be like, you know, a dispel, like these things are still drugs. Like it became a stigma surrounding drugs and surrounding SLD or LSD and look, SLD girls, specific learning disability. You know, I'm a school psychologist. Um, (laughs) Um, dispelling uh, LSD and that basically it was kind of this uproar of like, you know, this melts your brain. It's not good. 
um, that, you know, it, pretty much that is too pointing and that you should dispel it. So I think one of the things that I do remember from the explain it was that it was an article of a man. At, like, again, this is around like the 60s or the 70s, right? So before, I guess, kind of the prime of the 60s, 70s, he was on a magazine cover, the front of the cover about the greatness of SL- LSD. And then when the whole dispel of stigma came about, he was like retracted and it was kind of looked frowned upon or whatever. Um, And so basically, again, it talked just kind of about like the political agendas and prevailing social trends as educational and government institutions kind of perform like this severe U-turns on the topic of LSD. Um. And so basically, but even through that, they talked about kind of, again, that's the history of it, that a lot of times people were using when it kind of started to come back into the forefront, a lot of um, therapists were using it as for therapy or part of therapy. And so um, they were again saying like the parallels are drawn between the connections established between mindfulness and meditation and psychedelics and that basically psychedelics takes you to another level of mindfulness because if you've ever practiced mindfulness and meditation you know it's about focusing in the moment and focusing on the here and now and they were saying that basically it's the crash course to mindfulness and meditation if you do psychedelics and so because of that people are able to engage more and talk therapy and their therapeutic experiences um, than they were in the past. And I think it was a guy who was saying that, you know, after he did that, he, um, I can't remember what it was. Was it like losing weight or was something that he was addicted to that he stopped using or he realized like, he no longer needed the need for it. Um, and then even uh, my friend was saying that once they had it, they stopped drinking alcohol so that it, it, it does have some mental health effects, right? Some good good things on your well-being. And they were saying that basically the experience or these trips should be with the guiding influence of a shaman or modern-day Western scientist, like a psychologist or therapist or someone who can kind of guide you through it and help you understand the potential, the malleability of psychedelics, um, and that recreational users have contributed to the massive popularity of the drugs, but also to the lack of understanding surrounding them. Um, so kind of like an irony and that it's a lingering obstacle for those who kind of just want to get high and for those who have a, a higher purpose and want to merge with the universe in their trips. And so um, I thought it was very informative. I thought, again, it was called um, The Mind Explained. It's on Netflix. It's really good. And have they have different topics, but I always love the topics um, like these about psychedelics and mind control and all of those things. They have really good topics. So, um, and even nowadays, like again, psychedelics first gained widespread popularity in like the 1960s and the seventies, but, and then kind of went underground after being classified as kind of like a controlled substance, substance, uh, by the federal government in like 1970, I think, um, nowadays. And I was just kind of looking up an article that like John Hopkins and all of these other researchers and NIH are looking back into psychedelics and figuring out how they can be instrumental and a tool with therapy. Um, and so again, kind of looking at that, um, again, it requires special care and supervision and that is something that 
can they say that the data suggests that the benefit actually comes from the experience someone has and their conscious reflection he had uh they added because i'm kind of reading from this uh usa today article and they said like antidepressants which makes someone may feel more better automatically um it's helping them to operate above the surface level so basically, it allows you to go beyond the surface level because LSD, shrooms, and like psilocybin allows you to go beyond your ego. It lets you to let that part go. And basically, your ego is the realistic part of you. So you might have heard about your id and your ego. Your id, id is your like your instinctual um, self. And then your ego is you know if you said your id is like i want to eat right now and then your ego is like oh you can't eat right now because you're in a meeting and this is really important so your ego is usually really controlling and it kind of controls the id's impulses right and so our ego is what we know and who we believe ourselves to be um it refers to just again like our external context our family our personalities our identities and so when you end up again taking lsd or psilocybin uh, i'm gonna get that word right i'm psilocybin my goodness um that it allows you to kind of just let go and to really be able to see beyond yourself and beyond the surface so again another aspect of mindfulness and also why they believe that it helps so much in therapy um and so i thought that was interesting i think yeah so they're saying that this can maybe be a replacement for like antidepressant medication and an alternative form of therapy where when regular therapy isn't really being beneficial to um certain individuals and I thought that was interesting and I also remember like Will Smith and Megan Fox and other people also praising psychedelics and saying that they've had trips with shamans and been able to kind of process and see themselves um and do this so again it's kind of double it's sometimes people use it for recreational use and then sometimes also people use it for um again to have a connection or to kind of learn more about themselves and again it can cause like i think the downfall like when we see is like the recreational use is that people do report like anxiety having frightening hallucinations paranoia and confusion and like what we would colloquially say a bad trip um but again there has been data to support that when people use it again with a shaman or in a controlled environment i guess you can say that they do have some positives and that to influence like serotonin levels in the brain leading to kind of like you may have again altered perceptions and things of that nature but it also again when i was looking at the explain it that it it opens up different neural pathways and makes connections for different ideas and Basically, when you think about your brain, right, so you'll have, as you get older, as an adult, you'll have pathways that you continue to go go through all the time. So, like, if you think about snow and a sled, like, you always go that route. Like, you always go that route. Or if, like, even if you're in a in the woods and you know how people have made, like, pathways because you're always taking that pathway. Well, usually our brains develop kind of like routine and the path, the neural pathways that our brains connect ideas. They're always going through the same pathway, but they were saying like cyber, uh, cyber girl, <laughs> psilocybin. What it does is that it creates new neural pathways where that you haven't explored yet. That a lot of researchers like John Hopkins, 
uh, again, found that psilocybin was effective treatment for depression, for nicotine and alcohol addiction, also for substance disorders, that they've shown the magic mushrooms were effective in relieving emotional distress of people with life-threatening cancer diagnosis. So I think that was kind of the thing that... um, was interesting to me. All right. So, um, so basically that's kind of like my educational piece. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted someone to come in and speak on that. Cause I wanted someone who knew more, but you know, I do my little research and that's what I can give you, but I really encourage you to do more research on that. If you are thinking about trying that you do your own research, that you consult people and that you, uh, consult professionals or you consult your, Uh, Google and do research and also thinking about um, accredited sites and sources as well as articles that have been research-based and peer-reviewed to kind of get information about those. And I also uh, would say too, before I get into my experience, that this is a disclaimer. Again, I've kind of shied away from from wanting to talk about this um, because there is a negative connotation or a stigma with doing these types of drugs and honestly before I did the research I honestly was like oh that's on some way that's you know because you know black people and drugs we don't really like to take a lot of you know I'm not gonna say black people don't do drugs because we do um but we usually stick with in the lane of marijuana and alcohol um so and sometimes when we see other people doing other extreme things we're like oh child um so Yes. So that was kind of like my notion as well. So again, this is just a disclaimer that I know sometimes my family and friends are listening and they might have like, Ooh, that's what Tanisha did. But yes, this is what Tanisha did. This is a no judgment zone. This is a safe space and we are entering it in five, four, three, two, one. All right. So as I said, I got to my friend's house. I watched the explained it. Um, and after again, looking at it, I was like, I think I want to try this. I want to see what this is like. So my friend definitely, um, love, love the, her vibe. She's a, amazing and awesome person. And I love how she sets things up. And so her, her house is always like really clean too. Like side note love her house is always clean um but anyways she had like dim lighting she had a projector of a moon that was on the wall she had a crystal lamp she also had a um what is it called a bowl like you know the bowl that rings like you can ring around the bowl and it dings and it makes a sound and then you listen to the sound go far away I don't know the proper name for what that is called but she had one of those I thought that was cool Um, And she had a big one, too, like a really nice one. Um, And we also had like a playlist. We had a Cleo Soul. I don't know if anyone's familiar with Cleo Soul, but her music is dope and very relaxing. Um, So I ended up putting on Cleo Soul because I just love her music. It's really good. And all the music was on there. So it was really good. Like Alexis Haley, all that type. I don't know if people know who that is, but a lot of good music that was on there. 
She also had an astrology blanket that had all of the astrological signs on there. And she kind of guided me to use the blanket when I felt stuck or lost to garner some energy. And so I thought that was pretty cool and relaxing, too, that we didn't really always have to just like stay on the couch because we were usually on the couch looking at the projected moon. But we kind of shifted our energies and our movements as well. And um, I was on the floor sometimes too, like kind of stretched out looking at the ceiling um, and kind of in the the zone and in my space. So my friend was my guide and she was a very great guide, I would say, because she answered all of my questions about this experience. She went in detail about her experience and her advice, answered all of my questions. I just really appreciated that, right? And so, again, I think it's important if you don't have someone professionally, like a therapist, or you're doing that, that you still do this in a controlled environment or setting, especially for your first time, because I think that that's just important. I mean, if you, and I think, again, it's kind of interesting because I'm talking about doing drugs, but it's like, we're talking about doing drugs in a very responsible way, which... I think that goes with a lot of drugs, right? Like we drink alcohol and we try to be responsible when we drink alcohol and we try to, and I know people who do marijuana and try to be responsible when they smoke weed or, you know, engage in those things. So it's all about kind of, again, doing things in a controlled environment and doing things in a responsible manner, right? My friend said to me in her experiences that, again, she has done it over different times. She has little mushrooms and she puts them in tea and she like makes tea with ginger and then she puts the mushrooms at the bottom of the tea and she makes it that way and she said that she told me what she normally does her like dosage and that she's experimented kind of like which which dosage is right for her that she realized that going at a higher dosage isn't the best because you don't get a lot of control over your trip like she was just saying like certain dosages you're able to still be in some type of form of control which you want and so I thought that was good as well so I think an important tip too that she told me because even when I watched they explained it that everybody's trip is different everyone is going to have a different experience you think about okay everybody's experience is different and kind of going back to snowfall how Franklin had such a bad trip Um, Because he also had a lot of demons. And when I say demons are a lot of bad things that he had not confronted that he had did. He had a lot of guilt. And when I say demons, like demons are things um, that you're holding. So his demon was guilt. He had a lot of guilt about the things that he had done. That was not again, that was self-serving. And so that came to confront him. So it's the same thing. If you are holding on to something that is negative or that you have something that is you've done in the past that you may feel guilty for or that you may feel embarrassed about. Same thing, maybe even if you had trauma or those things and you haven't resolved it, um, it could probably lead to to a bad trip, especially if you're going to consistently think about it in that moment. It will lead to a bad trip. Which again, a bad trip is is that you have very negative and dark hallucinations and thoughts or anxiety or fears. Like you'll have a feeling of fear. You might have dark, again, hallucinations. Those are the things that are considered a bad trip. I also think that my explain it, 
um, gave me some false expectations about what my trip was going to be, but I'm going to get into that too. So it was a different experience done with like mushrooms that were kind of grind and, and grind with the tea and the ginger. And I didn't feel anything at first, right? So I was just kind of like sipping my tea, like sip, 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 I was sipping my tea. And I thought possibly I was like, maybe I need a higher dosage because I don't feel anything. So I'm just like sipping my tea. And then my friend pointed out, was like, girl, are you eating the mushrooms? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, you're not going to feel anything. Because she was, she was sitting over there like, oh, I'm feeling it. Like, I feel it. And I'm like, I don't feel nothing. And she was like, I feel it. I feel it. She was like, you don't feel it yet? And I was like, no, I don't feel anything. And she was like, are you eating? She was like, I don't see you chewing. And because uh, at one point she did see she was like oh you chewing a lot and I was like I'm, I haven't even started my tea I'm chewing gum she was like oh and then when I did start drinking the tea <laughs> she was like um she's like I don't see you chewing I don't see you eat. and I was like oh I'm not eating the mushrooms at the bottom she's like girl you gotta eat the mushrooms at the bottom like the tea is just supposed to help like for you to digest it but you gotta like eat the shrooms at the bottom I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. Like, you know, rookie, rookie mistake, rookie mistake. Um, <laughs> so, um, anyways, so we're sitting there. It's like dark, and we got the projector on, and we're listening to music. And then I started to realize, like, my ADHD. Like, I'm very restless. I can be very inattentive, and I can be an overthinker. Uh, I think that was preventing me from fully immersing in the experience because the, most of the time I was thinking like, this shit is not going to work. <laughs> like, I'm so, but I was like, this shit is not going to work. This is not real. Like, like I, like, this is just like weird, um, I guess. And so I was like, whatever. And so anyways, when we were looking at like the projector on the the wall again it's like a moon that is projected onto the wall and so the colors and images like the walls like I could start to see like little faces in the in the moon but at the same time I was like am I just making this shit up like I like I don't know if I'm really like seeing faces or if I'm like making up faces like am I making this up or do I really see something and so that that's like one of the first things is like if I'm staring off and I'm like oh I see I think I see a face or image within the moon that was the one thing and then I think the walls and the blinds were kind of like blurry and they were like moving slightly but it was like nothing too scary weird it was like they were kind of moving like waves like it was something like like wavy um but it was nothing too scary or I was like okay I guess. In order to begin the trip, my friend suggested I kind of stare at one point and just stay there. Um, somewhat like um, a mindfulness meditation, like just kind of stare into the space and just like stay there. And so I started to stare at the wall and at the projected image again. I kept staring at the moon and the wall. And again, I just saw different faces while looking at the wall. I saw like an older woman. Um, I think that was the most prominent face along with a strong man who looked like he was embracing an object or holding a boulder. Um, I also saw a pregnant woman and a man. But again, this is not like it's not like I saw these people like walking around like like little holograms. Like I just saw these images in the moon. It was like, you know, if you look at at the uh, in the clouds in the sky and you're like, oh, 
what is that? You know, the game that kids play like, oh, what is that cloud shaped like? That's shaped like a cow. That one's shaped like da da da. That's kind of what I saw in the moon. It was like different shapes, but it wasn't like I actually like saw a person like walking around or doing anything. I didn't, I didn't see anything like that. That was just it. I think when I was listening, I can't say when I was listening to the music, like words were louder or like they sounded louder. They certain words like jumped at me. So like the word love resonated with me the most, um, especially as I started to stare at the blinds. And then during this time, my friend was like talking. So again, she was kind of like guiding and she was she I can't even remember what she was talking about at the time, but she was just kind of she was just talking and I guess explaining her own journey. And so it but it was very therapeutic when she was talking because I don't know, it kind of fit with the song that came on because the song was um a Snow Allegra song that I really like. And then from there, like I had like tears and tears were kind of coming from my eyes. So no, as you're listening to this, you're like, none of this seems to make sense, Tanisha. This doesn't nothing none of this is connected. And honestly, to me, it wasn't. Um <laughs> And so, um, yeah, like, so, uh, tears kind of came from my eyes, but I wasn't feeling sad. I don't want to say I felt depressed or anything. I just was like in a state, like I, you could, I definitely know I was in a state. I felt kind of paralyzed and like, I couldn't move and had no choice, but just to embrace it. So like in the show snowfall, Franklin's mom told him to just go with the flow. Like you have to go with the trip. And my friend told me that too. Uh, She said, no matter what happens, like you just have, don't fight it, just go with it. Because if you fight it, kind of like what I was saying, I'm fighting it with my thoughts of kind of like, this is not real. I don't really see this. This is not going to work. Then it's probably not like you're going to fight against it. It's either going to be bad or you just, it's going to ruin your trip. So I felt paralyzed, but I didn't feel like paralyzed. Like I was like in fear, like, oh my gosh. Like I just kind of like, it felt more like a stillness, a calmness, like a be like be still, like be here, be now, like just be still. And yeah, it wasn't uncomfortable. But again, I just kind of felt like the same, like be still, feel and listen, be still, feel and listen. That's what that's what came from that be still, feel and listen. I think a lot of times now that I think about it, my friend was talking about surrendering a lot talked about surrendering, surrendering, letting go. Her trip was a little different. So she would verbalize what she was experiencing in her trip. So she did actually see things. So, but this is, this is the, this is maybe the only, the only, the only, um, like, oh, okay. Maybe I really was on something was that, um, she said that she saw a candy land, right? A place with strawberries. And she said the walls were like strawberries, like strawberries and icing or like strawberry shortcake and icing. She said that all of the walls were like strawberries, strawberries. And she said the place symbolized love. So again, that word love was coming out a lot, like love surrendering and kind of being still in the moment. And it that kind of further connected me to the word love. So if songs were playing, I felt like that like words would come out or they would jump out at me. And sometimes it would be like love or like thinking about love that really, really played a part in my trip. But she said that sometimes you can share a trip. Like, so if you can connect, she verbalized what she was seeing and what she was going through. So sometimes you can share it with the person. Now, although I never saw anything that she saw remotely to like that candy land or that strawberry world, I did at one point started to smell strawberries very intensely. 
like very intensely like I was like oh wow like it was very intense but it's like as soon as I started to think like because my brain does it again I don't know if it's ADHD or what my brain goes that's not real Tanisha stop thinking about that that's not real it's always like a little that's not real it kind of let go but if I but I had to really you had to really focus in it and she even said that to hold her to hold the place in the 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 candy land like Every time she was trying to explore, she would lose it. It would pull out. So you really have to be, again, I, I see why people say it's like an elevate, a crash course of mindfulness because you really have to be mindful in whatever you're experiencing or your senses is telling you to experience. So yeah, throughout the experience, I felt conflicted about like myself. I noticed that my need for control is kind of possibly debilitating and not beneficial. Like, again, that surrendering piece, I was so unable to really surrender. But yeah, but again, the only thing that was prominent was, again, that smell. And I know that she said she could smell it too. And I could smell like the icing. Um, But I couldn't see the place. I just smelled it was strong. And anytime I became distracted, it went away. But then when I was focused, it came back. And so you really have to be focused. Um, it also sometimes seemed like my nose was blocked and my sense of smell was gone. But then if I focused, it would come back. So I never really saw like the Candyland place, but the smell was really, really strong. When it was done, I think I kind of looked at myself in the mirror in the bathroom and I really saw my pupils and they were like fully dilated. So I was like, yeah, I'm definitely under the influence. Um, and I started to just like stare at myself in the mirror until it seemed like I was wasn't myself, but I kind of quickly regained control. So I think a lot of the times you can control what happens and what doesn't happen if you I think, again, like my friend said, if you have a, a good balance of of the LSD and I think, in the, again, going back to Snowfall, Franklin had a lot of them strawberries like he was gobbling them strawberries down. And so I'm pretty sure his dosage of LSD was really high. So from what she told me, like if your dosage is like really high, it comes to a place where you don't really have control of what you see or what you do or pulling yourself in and out. Like it just, ha- it's like, it's, you're just going to have to experience it and let the trip be. And I think she said that was kind of a scary part. So it's always good to kind of have a good amount or a moderate amount. And so, but overall it was just like a calming and relaxing experience. I think it was a vibe and the setting made it feel good it made it feel positive it made it feel natural um i feel like i honestly can say this it was a better feeling than doing edibles <laughs> like edibles can make you feel so out of it and so out of control like you don't have any control about what's happening or what's going to what's going to go left or go right like it was way better than edibles i mean you know, when you do an edible, it's just kind of like you're at the mercy of the edible. But I really felt like I was in control. Like I could pull myself in and out. I felt more in control of like the space. I could be introspective and think things through. Um, and, and now that and when I look back and when I was sober, I realized now how efficient psychedelics were. And I would definitely probably try it again. Um, I also journaled during the experience and kind of... Um, I I reviewed my notes and I talked a lot about, um, I think, friendships in my notes. 
I know, again, I was kind of hesitant about sharing this whole experience because I knew a few would probably miss, wouldn't understand and probably would misinterpret it. Um, because again, the thought of like consuming shrooms without education seems like a wild idea. It's like, oh, it's real recreational and real loose. Um, and even when I was thinking about what it is, I, I always just kind of imagine like get them to the Greek type of thing. Like when they're rubbing like the fur wall and people are just like partying and all over the place and doing wild stuff. And it's like, that's not my vibe. But being again in a controlled environment, being listening to music, the lighting, the ambiance, I think that was just and and doing it with a trusted friend. I think that was good for me. I don't know if I would ever do it and like, oh, I'm gonna go out to a party, anything. I I like how they did on on <laughs> uh, a snowfall. Like, oh, it was a celebration. Um, no, but I, I definitely did uh, again journal during the experience. And I wrote things again about like just friendships and just how to expand on friendships and set boundaries with friendships and making sure that you that, you know, sometimes my friend groups and things overlap a lot. And so I think in when I was in my again trip, I was getting, I guess, the message of sometimes everything doesn't have to be shared or overlapped that there can also be special moments or special things that you share with particular friends. I think that's what kind of stood out. And then I think I did have like some handshaking, but nothing weird, like nothing like heart beating really fast or like heart palpitations or feeling like you were on speed or anything. It was, it was none of that. It was very relaxed, very calming. I cried a lot and not really like a boohoo cry, like I said, but just shedding tears, like shedding tears. It was like a reckoning, I guess, but it was difficult to fully get in touch with the feeling of what was happening because my thoughts often interrupted the feeling. Like I often was like, what is going on here? Um, So sometimes the tears were connected, I think, to emotion and like realizations. But then at other times, I think I was just like unaware of why I was crying. I had like no hallucinations, but I did again saw images moving within the projected moon. I also saw a picture like I was looking at a portrait and I saw the woman in the portrait like kind of move or like shift in the image. So I may have experienced like optical illusions but more so than hallucinations. I didn't really have any hallucinations. Afterwards, I did feel like when I was like completely coming like down off of everything and I was like thinking about my trip, I felt a little ominous, um, kind of like scary feeling, but there was really like no reason to feel that. And so I just kind of attribute that being like the dissonance resulting from like the transition between tripping and being sober. But other than that, I think my experience was really calming and again just taking back to the knowledge kind of that I was attempting to drop I don't even want to say I like I'll drop some knowledge because again I'm I'm learning and I'm new to this whole process and everything and this happened a, a while ago I like I, I told you I've been sitting on this for a while because I just just didn't feel comfortable sharing 
And so, and I also wanted to share with a professional and, and I really wanted to talk more about what psychedelics and therapy could look like, because I think that's an interesting concept, especially as a psychologist, but I definitely could see how it could, it could work. It could free up some of that mental space that a lot of us use. But again, I think I probably would have needed like a little higher dosage because my thoughts really interrupted a lot of the process. Like I like the aspect of having control over pulling in and out of the trip but I also don't like the fact that if you do have anxiety or if you do have something like ADHD or you are overthinker that that is going to kind of take away from your trip so I think that was the hardest part but I think it forces you to practice mindfulness and forces you to be still and kind of be introspective about yourself and about like what you're feeling honestly definitely gave a different perspective of what I would say LSD or psychedelics or psilocybin is most time people would you know say it's a party drug or it's recreational but I, I can definitely see how it's reflective and how shamans and other um healers and mental health professions or professionals and researchers use 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 it as a, a treatment piece so that is my story um <laughs> hope that you enjoyed this episode of champagne sunday thank you again for tuning in and you know i do want to start figuring out how we can open up dialogue and conversation about things because i know people want to respond and say and share comments so um you know you can always go to the instagram page which is champagne sunday podcast and drop comments and leave some things in the dms or wherever and just kind of start a dialogue conversation um and let's talk about it i'm like totally here for it so with that being said um this is the end of the episode and thank you again for tuning in oh wait pause stop rewind um i did say today i was gonna i was going to do a pour it up because i was like i don't i always leave it to my guests to do a pour it up moment and i never do a pour it up moment so let's see let me do a pour it up moment my pour it up moment is again in sight with this whole podcast and kind of what i shared about my experience um i'm gonna go into the week being more mindful of how my body feels and what i'm doing and I think, again, kind of even going back to Snowfall about sometimes you do things and you think you're doing it for the better good, but it's very self-serving. My goal is to do more in a way that I'm I'm living more for um, not myself, but doing my work and how I live day to day that I put God first and I first go to him before doing things. So like small things, for instance, like in the morning when I wake up, instead of going straight to Instagram, going to my Bible app first and kind of reading um, scripture and doing my like Bible plans. Also thinking about how my work or how God can influence my work and the clients that I work with and talking to families and parents and those things. And Putting him first and guiding and using that as a guide, I think, is something that how I can be more mindful. Because I think, honestly, it's easy to um, kind of get 
bogged down with just the flow or the rotation of things and you don't be and you're not mindful of the day-to-day but I think being more mindful of how I operate how I bring God into the things that I'm doing in my life and so I think that is how I am pouring it up um for the week ahead and I think um that kind of solidifies this whole episode is just to be mindful and be mindful and a little open-minded I guess too but mostly just mindful to different experiences and where you are in life in the here and now. All right. So that was my poured up moment and I will talk to you next week. Peace.